Hello, Big Lush Bestie. Thank you so much for being here. I am your host, Jaina Marie. Today's episode is, I don't know why I'm being so shy about this. I think it's because I had this feeling like if I shared with you what it took for us to get to this point, it would look like I think that this podcast is already a success and it's really just in its tiny little itty bitty baby stages. But I believe it's really important to celebrate all the wins along the way. And it's a win because you're here and I'm here and it's live. We're on, you know, all the platforms. So a lot of things had to line up in order for this moment to happen. And I just wanted to share them with you because when I first released this show, it genuinely felt like I had just took a giant leap off of a cliff and I was just free falling like, ah, and you know, I'm still just mid air, really not sure if I'm going to land on my feet. Am I going to splatter all over the pavement? Who knows? But in the meantime, I just wanted to share with you some of the really crazy things that had to happen in order for us to get to this point. Is it creepy to say that I think that you and I were meant to be? Well, I'm someone who believes that God or the universe is conspiring to help us grow and become the people that we're supposed to be. So that means that we win when we need wins and we lose when we need to lose. And I have done a lot of losing. Sure, it's possible. Maybe I'm wrong. Maybe there's just a happenstance and good luck or bad luck. But maybe after you hear these stories today, you too will believe that you and I were meant to meet here on this podcast. I promise I'm not crazy and this isn't a sermon. I just had to tell you some of these unbelievable things as a little celebration, a little mini celebration of where we are today. So anyways, let's get this show started. Tim, can you please play the theme music? Thank you. Welcome to Big Lush Energy, dedicated to helping you navigate life's hurdles with your head held high. We're celebrating wins, learning from our losses and laughing at ourselves along the way. <laughs> now here's your favorite hype woman, Jaina Marie. Jaina Marie. I was born wanting to hype women up. I don't really know where this came from, but my first memory of it is when I was seven years old. My little sister Carly told me that she wanted to be a model. So I took her all around our little housing project with my wind up camera taking pictures of her in what we thought were super cute modeling poses. I remember telling her that one day I'd open up a modeling agency where I could walk into the waiting room full of models and look at Kate Moss and say, sorry, Kate, but Carly got the Calvin Klein gig this time. My makeup artistry really started with me just trying to help my sister feel pretty. Then when I was in high school, I was in a pageant and I ran for Miss Kelowna. There, we had to do a speech. Of course, there's always the speech competition. And while my competitors were doing talks on their pets and their family trips to Disneyland, I took it much more seriously. To me, I had a microphone and audience willing to listen, and I did not want to miss out on the opportunity to make change. So I did a talk on overcoming abuse and adversity. Yeah at 17. Hey, there's a reason why I grew up with my parents calling me little Oprah. Okay. (laughs) Then for the talent portion, it was more of the same. I mean, I'm still Jaina. And again, I had a microphone. So I had my vocal coach lend me her antique microphone and I performed a monologue to set the tone. And then I sang a song from the movie, The Color Purple. It was called Miss Seeley's Blues. In this movie, The singer is standing on stage and she sees Miss Seely in a moment of weakness where her husband was being abusive. And she sees her from the stage and sings a song to her to help lift her up, make her feel seen, worthy and loved. Now, I haven't taken voice lessons in ages, so I'm sure I'm going to butcher it now. But here's a little taste of how that song went. Oh, my gosh, I can't believe I'm going to do this. 
the smell of this old blues club. I remember every Friday night, the women used to sit over there talking about the children. And the men used to sit over there talking about the women. And I used to stand right here, singing my little heart out. Oh, there it is. That right there, that's the seat Miss Seely used to sit in. I remember one night, I saw her husband raise his hand to her face, and she moved away. It was like he'd done it to her every day. That was the night I sang Miss Seely's Blue. I'll bet you think I don't know nothing but singing the blues. Oh, sister, have I got news for you? I'm something. I hope you think that you're something too. And that is the vibe of this whole podcast. Nothing about my message has changed since I was 17 years old. (laughs) So when I got married, it's a long story, but I actually ended up planning my own bridal shower. And I arranged for a photographer to come and do a photo shoot with each of my guests so that they could leave feeling beautiful. I spent the entire party doing everyone's makeup so that they'd feel their best in front of the camera. I loved seeing their transformations and how much better they felt about themselves after. So do you see the trend? Big Lash Energy is really just an extension of who I've been and what I've been about my whole life. I hate thinking that any woman is feeling anything other than loved and worthy just because of someone else's inability to love her right or her physical insecurities. It actually breaks my heart. So do you know those big conferences they hold for people who sell those multi-level marketing products? Those big inspirational gatherings where everyone leaves chanting, what are we going to do? Sell! Yeah, well, I've always pictured myself being on a stage like that, but for women, where they all leave standing taller with their heads held high. Real breakthrough kind of shit, you know what I mean? So as a makeup artist, That's exactly what I do, but for an audience of one. I feel like I'm meant to be every client's hype woman. I'm not sure if you know of a rapper uh, or artist named Chaos, but I did his makeup once. And while uh, we were talking, he said, my parents are Jehovah's Witnesses. They have to go door to door hoping that when they knock, someone will let them in to hear their message. With my music, I don't have to knock on doors. People invite me into their homes without me even having to ask. And that's exactly how I feel about makeup artistry. It's my music. It's the way you let me into your home or life so that I can share my message with you, that you're fabulous, beautiful, and worthy of love. So anyways, as soon as this idea of a podcast came to mind, I knew that that was the way I could get my message to more women. It was just an inkling of an idea at the time, but I knew that it was a good one. Then COVID hit and I was out of work. I was sitting home all the time and part of me thought, perfect, now I'll have all the time in the world to make my dreams come true. This is the time for me to make my podcast. But instead, eh, I binged on snacks, episodes of Catfish, Blind Date, and true crime documentaries. Cue the escapism and weight gain. (laughs) I'm not sure what changed. Maybe the pandemic started to fade a little and life felt a little more normal and promising. But either way, I suddenly became newly motivated. It was time. 
So I booked a trip to Los Angeles where I could do a promo photo shoot for the show and maybe interview some people for some episodes. It would be my first time traveling in over two years, so I decided to bring my best friend Ricky along to make it extra fun. I booked an antique Cadillac convertible to use for the photo shoot, an incredibly beautiful Airbnb in Venice Beach, my favorite place in the world, a photographer, and tickets to Hamilton to add a little sophistication to the trip. You know what I'm saying? So Ricky and I were so pumped. Not only were we finally traveling again, but it was to my favorite place and we were going to start bringing my podcast dream to life. In my excitement, I packed far too much. We needed outfit changes for the photo shoots, cute things to wear to nightclubs. Plus, it was November, so we weren't sure if it was going to be hot or cold or somewhere in between. Plus, we had all the hair extensions, tanning sprays, sneakers, thigh-high boots. Oh my God, I was ready for anything. Bring on the adventure. So we get to the airport and right away, things are weird. My passport wouldn't scan in the check-in machine, so we went and waited in the long-ass line to talk to a clerk, and then they couldn't scan it either. So he put it in manually. Then we got to the security lineup, and it was easily the longest I'd ever seen it. I guess we weren't the only ones thinking that we'd like to travel now that things had finally opened up. I pointed out to Ricky that we'd already lost so much time, and she reminded me that everyone on our plane was going to be in the same long-ass line as us. So then, for some reason, when we finally got to the front of the security line, I went through the x-rays and yellow boxes came all over my body in the x-ray machine. It looked like I was hiding bombs. So they took me to the side room, checked me all over, and honestly, I wasn't really sure if I was supposed to tip them for the free massage or not. That's another story. Again, just more wasted time. So then, we finally get to the customs line, and surprise, surprise, all the same people are in the security line waiting for us. We were now in the back of the world's longest customs line. Ricky reminded me once again that everyone else on our plane was going to be late too and that they wouldn't let a plane take off if there was nobody on it. After what felt like forever, we finally made it to our customs officer. He asked to see our passport. He first looked at Ricky's and then he looked at mine. Well, the room kind of came to a standstill when he saw mine and said, oh, What's this? I'm thinking, I don't know. What? What is it? And he handed it to the customs officer beside him. And she goes, uh-oh. Well, this doesn't look good. Does she have an extension? And I was like, I'm sorry, what? And she goes, your passport's expired. Well, that made absolutely zero sense to me. I'd checked the expiry date on my passport. After all, this was like the first time I was using it in two years. So I definitely made sure that we were good to go. I said to him, look. It says 2021, we're in 2021, and it expires in July. I still have six months. I'm so confident about this, right? And he goes, yeah, except that we're in November. So in July, it's going to be 2022. Your passport is six months expired. Fuck. Oh my gosh. I stood in silence waiting for this information to sink in and my insides were screaming. Now what? Now what? Now what? Now what? So I said, um, okay, so what do I do? He goes, well, um, I don't know. You can go to the passport office and try to get a rushed passport, um, but you're going to lose, you know, a day or two. Ricky and I did not have a day or two to lose. So then he looks over at Ricky and he goes, you can still go. And she looked at me. I'm thinking, well, I don't want to be the reason that she misses out on the trip we've been waiting for. So I said, well, I mean, you can still go if you want to. Meanwhile, I'm picturing her cruising down Melrose in the antique Cadillac, belly flopping into the California king size bed in the Airbnb, voguing like Madonna for the photographer that I booked and giving a standing ovation in the Hamilton seats. My heart was broken. Being the true ride or die that she is, she goes, I think I'm staying here. I was like, there's got to be something we can do. And he said, there's absolutely nothing I can do. You ladies are going to have to go to secondary. 
So we walked into secondary with our heads hanging like two delinquents. Keep in mind, it's super rare for anyone to have gotten this far in the airport without a valid passport. I should have been stopped right at the check-in, but somehow here I was. So the officer waved us over. He goes, all right, what's your reason for wanting to come into the U.S.? I said, uh, we're, we're doing a photo shoot. He goes, right. And why can't you do it in Canada? I said, um, have you looked outside? The weather's terrible. We want sunshine and palm trees and stuff. He goes, okay, that's fair. Can you prove you're doing a photo shoot? So I opened up my phone and quickly scrolled to all the screenshots and the proof that I had of the car, the photographer, the Airbnb, etc. It almost felt like I was trying to sell him on coming with us. And he seemed content with what I showed him and then sat back in his chair. He goes, listen, we don't let people fly into the U.S. without a valid passport. We can try to get it bypassed, but that almost never happens. And if it does, there's a $700 U.S. fine. Well, my brain had already calculated all the thousands of dollars that I would lose by not being able to go on this trip. So I said I'd happily pay $700 if that's what it took. Hell, I'd pay $2,000 if that's what it took. He goes, I need to talk to my supervisor to see if she'll approve you, but don't get your hopes up. So he motioned for us to go sit off to the side and we took our seats like a couple of kids in detention. We were both just staring at our feet in disbelief when I said, Hey, Ricky, do you pray? Because... I feel like this would be a really good time to do it. Imagine I'd known her for 13 years and I had no idea if she prayed or not. (laughs) Well, she looks over at me and goes, Jaina, I have a feeling you have some really good karma in your Instagram right now. Is that even a thing? What's she referring to? The day before, this is, this isn't, you know, inception, crazy story inside of a crazy story. The day before... Someone I'd only ever met one time at a party 13 years ago sent me a DM asking if I knew anyone who lived in Victoria, and I didn't. She said that she lived in Ontario and her husband had just found out that his daughter was found dead on the street near a flower box in Victoria. It was so sad. She said that he was flying there right now to go talk to the police, etc., and She wanted to know if I could arrange for there to be a memorial set up for her for when he landed so that it wouldn't be so bleak. I promise this is the most unique request I've ever gotten. And I definitely didn't know how I was going to make it happen, but I wanted to help. So I said yes. And I went to work. I posted her story on my Instagram. I didn't want to trigger anybody. So I basically just said, hey, if you live in Victoria, there's a family who could use your help. If you're interested, please send me a message. Sure enough, the first person who messaged me, I told her the story and I said, can I send you money so that you can buy flowers to put them near this flower box and we can get this memorial started? And she said, I'd love to help. So I sent her an e-transfer. She went and bought flowers. And then every additional person who reached out to me, I told them the story and said, hey, on your way to or from work, if you're driving around this street, can you please drop off something for this memorial? Her favorite animal is the monkey. If you want to buy stuffed animals, I don't know, but let's just try and build this thing up for this family. Well, so many strangers came together to make this happen, and it really was a beautiful outpouring of love, and that is what Ricky was referring to. So back in the waiting room, our friend, the Border Patrol officer, finally came back and waved us over. We walked up to his desk, and he motioned for us to sit down. He goes, what is this photo shoot for? I said, they're going to be promo pictures for the podcast I'm releasing. I'm also hoping to do some interviews in Venice Beach and stuff. You see, like, I'm a makeup artist. And he interrupted me. He goes... I know exactly who you are. My wife follows you on Instagram. My heart sunk. I didn't imagine that anybody really knew who I was, and especially I didn't think it would be relevant at the border patrol desk. Um, Yeah, so anyways, he goes, 
I'm going to let you go. And I'm going to waive the fine, but you need to leave right now. Your plane is about to be taking off. We looked at the clock. It was very close to our departure time. And Ricky said, what if we miss our flight? He goes, hopefully they'll let you on another one. He walked us to this back door. He didn't even stamp our passports, nothing. He just walked us over and basically let us in the back door to the United States of America. I said, I feel like I need to hug you or something. I don't know what to do right now, but I I think that would be breaking the rules. He goes, don't hug me. Just go to your gate. So Ricky and I are running, running through the airport. Oh my gosh. Now, Remember how I said I packed a lot of stuff? Yeah. Well, I was also wearing a lot of layers because I was pretty sure that my uh, suitcase was going to be overweight. So I am just sweating buckets. We're in face masks too at that point. I've got a backpack on. At one point, I wanted to just be like, Ricky, go on without me. Stop the plane. Like, I don't don't know if I'm going to make it. But we were booking it. So we get to the gate right as the plane is taking off. Like, are you kidding me? So we're standing there in disbelief, like, shit, we finally make it here, and now we're not going to get on this plane, like, what else can go wrong? So we walk over to the other Air Canada gate, and the gentleman goes, are you Ricky and Jaina? And we said, yeah, he goes, yeah, I had a feeling you were going to miss the flight, you know, the airport was really busy today, I'm sorry about that. And we were like, yeah, yeah, the airport was super busy, what an inconvenience, you know, geez. And he goes, I actually took your bags off the plane because I had a feeling you were going to miss it. He goes, we do have another flight leaving for Los Angeles in two hours, and I'm going to see if I can get you on it. Perfect. This is incredible, right? So he starts, you know, hitting all the buttons, scrolling, doing all this stuff, and he goes, I've got two seats for you on this flight to Los Angeles. It's just two hours away. You ladies can, you know, hang out for a bit, and you're going to be good to go. Can I just have your passports? So he takes Ricky's passport, scans it, no problemo. Then he scans mine and goes, your passport's expired. I said, yeah, yeah, no, it's fine. It's fine. We we had it um, bypassed by the Border Patrol. Like, we're good. We're good. And he goes, no, 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 no. I don't really care if the Border Patrol let you here. But as an airline, we don't let people on flights if we know they're not going to be able to come home. He goes, if you don't have a passport, you're not going to be able to fly back into Canada. I hadn't really thought of that. So I'm like, think fast, Jana, think fast. I look at Ricky, I look at him and I said, that sounds like a tomorrow problem. And it also sounds like a me problem. So maybe you could just let us on the plane and we'll figure out the rest. I just need to get to Los Angeles. And he just looked at us, looked at his assistant, shook his head and goes, all right, fine. I don't know how you're going to do this, but enjoy your trip. And he handed us our tickets. La, 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 I took two steps away from that counter. I looked at Ricky and I said, Can you please hug me? <laughs> we just stood in the airport hugging. And in 13 years of working together, I realized we'd never hugged before. I mean, I love this one. We've never been in a fight before, nothing. We're, we are the best of best friends, but we'd never hugged. I said, Ricky, we've, we've never hugged before. She goes, If you want, we could do it more often. <laughs> This corny moment. Anyways, we basically just floated over to the nearby Starbucks, grabbed a coffee, and then just sat there. Like, we could absolutely not believe this. And she is already trying to figure out how the hell I'm going to get home. And I was like, no, just like marinate in this for a moment. Like, what just happened? No fees, no charges, put on a completely different flight with no passport. Like, this is, this is wild. 
So anyways, we make our way to Los Angeles. We had the trip of a lifetime. Our photo shoot turned out exactly as I'd hoped, maybe even better. We did interviews in Venice. You heard some of them in our episode on faking orgasms. We had just a wonderful time. My favorite was one night we went out for tacos and we sat down and went through my list of, I have a list of 87 episode ideas. And we went through each episode idea and little cool little stories we could add to it and that sort of thing and made a plan. And it just, it just, yeah, it really felt like we were making things happen. So I'm over here floating on cloud nine, so excited at the progress we're making. Meanwhile, Ricky's like, Jana, we still don't know how you're going to get home. Right. Yeah, that. I was trying not to think about it. But anyways, what Ricky did was she started to do some research and she figured out that the problem wasn't necessarily that I couldn't get back into Canada. It was that I couldn't fly into Canada, but I could still drive over the border because of course your country is always going to let you back in. So she said, when you fly within the United States, you don't need a passport. You just need your driver's license. So um, she found a flight that would get me to Bellingham, that was leaving at the exact same time that she was going to fly to Vancouver. So Bellingham's only like, you know, an hour or whatever away from Vancouver. So she goes, Jane, I think we have this figured out. You just have to book this flight to Bellingham. I was like, perfect. No problem. She's like, all you need is your driver's license. Perfect. No problem. We got it. So on the last night we wanted to go out to party and dance to celebrate all the progress we'd made. So we went out and you know, it was our first time partying since COVID. So uh, even though I really don't usually drink, it's not a thing. I, I went like way overboard. It was a Thursday night, first of all. So there weren't a lot of clubs open. So the one that we did find, it was kind of like we were like, well, this isn't the, the greatest place, but it's something. When we walked in, there was only like 10, 15 people there dancing. And the bartender literally said to us as soon as we walked in, hey, ladies, not going to lie. It's a super weird crowd tonight. <laughs> And it was. But all we cared about was having a dance floor, some good music, so we could just unwind and have fun. I had too much fun. I don't even really remember the Uber ride home. So, I mean, I guess mission accomplished. But when we woke up in the morning, the plan was that we were going to go to Galila Half, which is Ricky's favorite wedding dress designer because she's about to get married. And she was going to try on this wedding dress that she was so excited to see. It was almost like she was going to be meeting a celebrity. So we wake up in the morning, we're getting ready to try on this wedding dress, and then we were going to go to the airport later that day. Well, as we were packing, getting uh, our stuff together, I couldn't find my purse anywhere. It was this little Balenciaga bag. It had my, you know, my dusty freaking expired passport, my driver's license, my visa, everything. And I could not find it. And Ricky was like, Jane, it's got to be around here somewhere. So she's tearing up the place. And I was like, no, dude, I think... I left it in the Uber last night. She's like, all right, start calling the Uber driver. So we start calling the Uber driver and he's not picking up. And there's a number you can call for Uber that's like, what to do when you lose something? Nobody's responding. And Ricky's like, Jaina, this is not good. Your driver's license was in there. If you don't have that, you can't fly anywhere today. And I was like, yes, that's true. Um, Okay. I said, you know what? We're not even supposed to be here right now. Like, God got us here. That's kind of the way it felt to me. I was like, so I am just going to, in this moment, trust and believe that the purse has already been found and everything's going to be fine because this is your moment. We're here to try on your dress. Now, this is the the moment we've been looking forward to for you. So let's just go to this dress appointment like it's already taken care of. She was like, are you serious? Because I feel sick to my stomach. I was like, well, that's okay. I'll have faith enough for the both of us. So we get dressed up. We go to the wedding dress appointment. And that's when I realized 
I was still drunk. So she's trying on dresses and I'm like on Instagram live for the first time ever. Like, woo, look, Ricky's trying on dresses. And I remember at one point I fell over like kind of onto the mirror and the sales lady was like, are you okay? I was like, yeah, yeah, yes, 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 I'm okay. Ricky'd never even seen me like that before. But anyways, we had this beautiful moment where she came out of the fitting rooms and it was like, yeah, not only is that dress beautiful, it was like made for her. And we both had just total goosebumps moment. It was amazing. So the appointment's over. We go to sit outside the wedding dress store. Ricky had like this little cute little meltdown moment where she kind of just started to cry. And so she sat down on the sidewalk. She's like, the dress is so beautiful, but it's so expensive. So we FaceTime called her mom and she's like, mom, it's so pretty. And we're trying to figure out like, where can we find money? (laughs) And then we called Uber. It was time to go back to our Airbnb, grab our bags and go to the airport. Why are we going to the airport? I don't even have my driver's license. I don't know, but that's just the plan. And I just believed everything's going to be fine. So we get into the Uber and we sit down and I'm scrolling through my phone, looking at everybody's responses to, you know, Ricky trying on the dress on my Instagram live and all that kind of thing. And I got an email. I open it up and it's a picture of all of my ID. And someone said, hey, I found this in an Uber last night. Is it yours? Yes, yes, it's mine. And yes, I need it like right now, like this second. So I responded so fast. Sparks were flying off my fingers. And they said, no problem. We'll leave all this stuff at security. So I'm looking. All right, cool. I'm out of Balenciaga bag. Whatever. All I need is that driver's license so I can get to Bellingham. So we tell the Uber driver to redirect. Turns out their hotel was literally 45 seconds from our Airbnb. So it was like the slightest inconvenience to go pick up my stuff. So we get there, we run up to security. I'm still trying to like grasp the idea like, okay, I'm out of Balenciaga bag, whatever, whatever, whatever. I go to security. I said, hey, I have some ID and stuff here that somebody left for me. The guy goes, oh yeah, just one second. And he opens up the safe, hands me my whole Balenciaga bag with literally nothing missing inside of it. It turned out that the group that got in the Uber after us, when they got out, one of the guys thought that the bag belonged to one of his friends. So he grabbed it, took it home with him. And the next morning told the girl, oh, don't worry, I have your purse. And she was like, that's not mine. And all four people that had been in the Uber tried reaching out to me. So I had messages on my Facebook messenger, messages on my Instagram and email. They really did everything they could to get me this bag. And we were like, all right, we're set to go. Let's go to the airport. So keep in mind, I still had not booked my flight to Bellingham because I was sure like, hey, you know what? God's got us. Like all of this is so wild. You know what? Maybe I'll be able to get on this flight to Vancouver after all. So we race to get to the airport. We walk up to the gate and I'm just acting like everything's cool, right? So I said, hey, Ricky, we just need this one lady to not look at the date on my passport because when you go home, we go through customs in Canada. So if I could get on this plane, like we're golden, So she scans my passport and she's like, oh, it's not scanning. And she's like, oh, what's going on? And and she, oh, your your passport's expired. And I was like, oh, yeah, no, don't worry about it. We got it uh, bypassed by the border patrol. Like, we're good, we're good. She goes, oh, I said, yeah, you could just put it in manually, actually. It should be, it should be fine. Oh, you can? Okay. And she starts going to put my passport in manually. And right then, some goody two-shoe guy standing beside her looks over and goes, wait, what What are you doing? She goes, oh, I'm just manually entering this passport because I'm expired. He goes, you can't do that. She goes, what do you mean? He goes, no, 
they can't fly if their passport's expired. I'm like, no, 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 sir. We actually had it waived, so it's fine. It's fine. He goes, no, 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 no. It's not fine. You don't fly with an expired passport. I'm like, yeah, no, but like I, I got here on expired passport. Look, like I haven't been here since, you know, July 2021 or whatever. I just got here a couple weeks ago. Like, it should be fine. And he leaned over his counter and I'll tell you, he looked me right in the eyes and he said, I don't know who you are or who you think you are, but you should have never been allowed on that plane. He said, I have seen really crazy circumstances, people who were incredibly needy that we should have let on planes and we still didn't. You're not getting on this flight today. I was like, okay, fair. All right. I guess my good luck or whatever had kind of expired at that moment. So I was like, okay. I said, so if I was flying to Bellingham right now, what would you need for me? He said, well, it's still in the United States. So you would just need your driver's license. I said, Perfect. I grabbed all my stuff from the counter. I was like, Ricky, I've got to run to domestic. So I grabbed my bags and I'm running now because the flight to Bellingham was leaving at the exact same time as the flight to Vancouver. And I still hadn't even booked it yet. So I'm running through the airport with all my bags, all my layers on. It was a far distance because it's, you know, LAX. It's a huge airport. So while I'm running, I'm also trying to, you know, use my visa, book the flight. I go running up to the gate. They let me on. Thankfully, everything went smoothly and I landed in Bellingham. I had actually a one hour layover in Seattle. So that bought Ricky time to grab my car and drive over the border. So when I landed in Bellingham, Ricky was just sitting there waiting in my car and we drove over the border. And when we got to that border, the lady was just like, what is going on here? Because she saw that Ricky had already gone through customs in Vancouver, then driven over the border, gone over customs again, then was driving back immediately. Like we just looked like red flag, red flag, red flag, red flag. I said, it's a very long story, (laughs) but she let us in and we actually made it to the wedding that we had to do right on time. Everything went smoothly. And you know, what's wild That's only one of the bajillion of things that completely lined up perfectly in order for this podcast to happen. You know what? It really felt like God was saying, just keep moving forward. I'll handle all the details. I'll move everything out of your way. For example, Tim, I hired him as my coach to help me get this podcast just live and online. And he said, I'm not going to be able to stay on board as your editor because I have too many other clients. And I was like, that's fine. If you could just coach me to getting it online, I'll find someone else to edit. After the second episode, he said, you know what? I feel like we're sitting on something really cool here and I want to be a part of it. And he signed up and I was like, oh, check mark. I wanted him on my team so badly. Hey, Tim, thanks for being here. And then Carly, I knew that I would need someone behind the scenes to answer emails, do the mail outs, work on the merch and all that kind of stuff. But she had an amazing career at the University of Calgary at the time. And I said, hey, if you ever want to quit, like I'd totally be willing to just invest in hiring you full time for behind the scenes of my podcast. Well, things started to fall apart with her work. She was feeling overworked. She couldn't be there for her kids like she wanted to be. And finally, she just said, do you actually need me on your podcast? I said, not only do I need you, I don't think I'll be able to make it without you. One week later, she gave her notice and she's on board fully on this podcast. Carly, thank you for being here. I thought maybe I would want to do a release party. I just, it was just kind of like an inkling in my head. And one day I got a message on Instagram from a gentleman who owns a boat company. And he goes, you know what, Jane, I'd really like to offer you a yacht so that you could throw a party. Would you, do you have any reason for a party? And I was like, uh, yes. Then I didn't know what I was going to wear to my party. And this company reached out to me. There was this orange dress that my friend tagged me in. And that company reached out to me and said, you did my wedding. I would love to send you this dress for free. 
You know that scene in Cinderella when she just twirls around, she goes from her rags to, you know, her gown and all the sparkles and glitter all around her. She spins and spins and comes out like looking like a princess. That's what I felt that the universe was doing for me. Literally laying everything out for me again so that you and I could be here today. Whenever I was nervous about whether or not people would like this show or listen, I'd think about the ways that I was being nudged towards it. Whenever I think about making it to LA and back without a passport and, you know, after losing my purse and all these sorts of things and each of my team members that join me, it just feels like everything fell together perfectly. Now I feel more confident. In fact, it almost doesn't even feel like this is my show at this point. It feels like it's a show that belongs to the universe. I'm just the voice. Most of all, it definitely feels like I was handed a microphone and I'm not going to waste this opportunity. So thank you for being here. Now you know how much you and I speaking at this moment means to me. So anyways, that's my story. What do you think? Does it seem like all of these things were meant to be or am I just wild and crazy? It's okay. You can think whatever you want. I'm just glad that you're listening. So if you think there's someone else who might like this podcast as much as you do, can you please share it with them? I'm pretty sure that every time you do, an angel gets its wings. Thank you so much for being here. Until next time, can you please go be your most fabulous self and don't forget to spread that badass Big lash energy everywhere you go. Goodbye. Close, that's why I'm yelling, damn, Jane.